0: Hey everyone, today we are talking about the worst painting supplies in the world. Get ready. But first, if your studio habits need a kick in the butt, ArtProf has everything you need. Tutorials, critiques, and professional development. So, okay, first. First, we have fluorescent paint. Now. Uh, fluorescent paint, I'll give you, I'll give you the, the, the easy reason first. It's really, really not light fast. It will fall apart on you. Your stuff will not age well. If it hits the sun, it's just going to fade away. I've seen it myself. I know that this happens, but also I had a professor that said that it was kind of a cheat to use fluorescent paint. I don't know, Clara, have you used fluorescent paint at all?
1: Well, now that I'm doing a lot more color, I actually was eyeing fluorescent paints that I have (laughs) for the acrylics. But you know something, I tried them and they were so weak. Like Mm -hmm. I, I couldn't get like opaque, thick fluorescent paint. I mean, I guess if I painted 30 layers, but that was a big turnoff to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's always going to be, you're not going to get a really opaque fluorescent paint unless maybe you're looking at, I don't know, sign paint or something. I don't know the chemical combinations that make it that way, but it just always tends to be that way. So it's very frustrating. So there's that manipulating part of it that's really difficult, but also you can get fluorescent-like Effects by just putting using plain old color knowledge, Joseph Albers style, and putting two colors together that have really strong contrast. And I know plenty of artists that do this. They get to use their opaque paints. They get to use their long-lasting paints, and it looks great. It also teaches you more about color. You actually use that knowledge and that eye. Seven Angelic
1: says yes all fluorescent paint. Now, to be clear, we're not just talking about golden. We're talking about fluorescent paints, no matter what brand you're talking about. And they're fugitive 100%. So once I learned that from you, I was like, okay, I'm not missing out on anything.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I feel like too, there are lots of fugitive paints in the world. I mean, I, and crimson is a fugitive paint and I still use and Aliz- crimson. So I am being a little bit hypocritical, but I have just noticed myself within my lifetime as a painter that my fluorescent paints have been the first to start fading. So it's that having that direct experience that makes me feel so angry about it.
1: (laughs) These make me angry. The summer camp I used to work at a billion years ago, they always ordered these and put paint or glue in them. And it always infuriated me because it's a one-time use. It was so wasteful. I was like, have you guys ever heard of ice cube trays? Like, why are we using these paper paint cups? Like, I, I just have never understood the concept. I mean, maybe you're too lazy to clean things.
0: Well, okay, Clara, I do have a question about this because although I I also think it's silly, they look like little Hershey cups or those things that you put cupcakes in, they look super flimsy, like the paint's just going to liquefy right through them. I think, wouldn't it technically be more wasteful to use those plastic condiment cups that I use? I mean, paper disintegrates after a while, doesn't it? Well,
1: but these don't last very long. Your condiment cups, I'm sure, are going to last longer than these.
0: (laughs) I mean, it's true. I can actually wash those those little cups do i do it all the time no not as much as i'm supposed to but yeah it's true and you you save more paint for sure like you can't put a top on this you can't save that paint
1: it just hurts me but we would just toss out 30 of these covered in paint for the end of the day yeah thank you so much for the super chat jay king who says, second time catching a live art prof has been a constant source of joy for me. Well, thank uh, you so much for your support. We greatly appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Let's take a look at the next item for um, you. It's lightweight stretcher bars. What's wrong uh, with these?
0: Uh, before I say anything, I do I did recently buy these in a pinch a couple of weeks ago, and it just infuriated me all over again. I thought maybe it would be okay, but okay. So let's talk about these stretcher bars. First of all, you need, you never need one. You need four and you need four of a certain size. And I always end up with the wrong size. Like I always have one that's the wrong size. So it makes all four of them useless. That's the first thing you just, you never have the ones that you need, but then also they're extremely expensive compared to say either I don't know, buying a little canvas from Michael's or that's the same size or uh, cutting your own wood, which you can do just by getting a piece of wood from, uh, what's it, Home Depot and using a miter saw. Miter saws are not super expensive. And so there just is no need for these. And they're always, especially the thin ones, they're always really crappy. They are always warped. They always have weird alignment. Half the time when you're doing them, they come out in parallelograms instead of at right angles. It's just, I cannot, I cannot.
1: The quality is just so bad. I feel like it's actually the exception if I get four that are perfectly straight. There's always one that's a little bit off or sometimes the way they fit is a little strange. Yeah. And so they're just really inconsistent. And you're right. If you're going to just paint on a small canvas, I might as well just buy a small pre-stretched canvas because you can stretch your own canvas with this. But I always got stressed that they would warp. And I have so many stories in art school where I use these and it warped the canvas and it's just the most stressful thing.
0: Yeah. You have a little bit, it does take practice, but you have a little bit more control if eventually you can do these on your own. If you really want to go that route and you want to make custom sizes or something like that, it's so much cheaper in the long run.
1: Less work. I mean, I I just feel like it's not really worth it at that point. I mean, I guess you could say, well, I want to do oil ground or some customized type of ground. Sure. I can understand that, but these stress me out. So W315 says lightweight are okay for small canvases. Well, <laughs> I've warped enough canvases in my life that unless it's eight by 10, I don't like using these because I don't like risking that yeah. something's going to go wrong.
0: The ones that I recently bought were for 16 by 20 inch paintings that I was doing or canvases that I was stretching. And even those had... A bow in them. Some of them were shaped like, <laughs> which I, I, I was like, how? How? It's so short.
1: <laughs> well, Anna says, I buy canvases pre-stretched because I have no patience for stretching canvases. It's a lot of work
0: yeah. to stretch canvases. Yeah. And a lot of the time it's not worth it this is so these are different than stretching canvases it's this particular thing i also buy pre-stretched canvases from time to time there are a few that are quite good as long as you get your proper gesso over it i've got no problem with those as long as you know what you're doing it's the it's the bars themselves it's kind of neither one way or the other it's too meh it's too in the middle it leaves you with no good options
1: Okay, please explain why wood pellets exist, (laughs) okay? Because I'm assuming if you're using a palette like this, you're probably doing oil or acrylic. Maybe you're doing gouache, although gouache I associate more with plastic palettes and watercolor as well. These are impossible to clean. Why would you ever want this? Can you explain this to me? What's the logic
0: here? Don't people realize that paint that wood is porous, that wood sucks everything up. If you're using acrylic, it's going to suck all the water out of your acrylic. And if you're using oil, it's going, the oil is just going to like bleed right into the surface. And then it's going to be that awful, weird, see-through-y kind of stuff that happens when you put oil on things. Also, I want to say that I hate this shape. Why do people use this shape? <laughs> I mean, I guess <laughs> it a- because... <laughs> it's because the emoji is shaped like that.
1: So now we think all oh, talents have to look like this. I know like emojis a have to look like Pac-Man.
0: Look at its little eye.
1: I don't know. I think there's some ergonomic reasoning behind this but i've never found these comfortable i mean putting
0: my thumb through this thing and holding it like dude i'd be done with that in about five minutes oh i my whole hand my hands are small i could fit my whole hand through one of through some of those thumb holes there (laughs) tell us in the chat
1: we know these stink although maybe one of you is going to prove us wrong what palette do you use? Because I am glass palette all the way because so easy to clean, nice, dirty. So like, why would you do this? How could you possibly clean any acrylic paint off of this and not just be angry afterwards?
0: Cuke says that they assume that wood palettes have a varnish or a lacquer over them. And that that could be the case. This particular one looks like it doesn't, but... Yes, that would be a better idea that would offer some protection.
1: But I don't think it's as good as glass. Like, when I clean my glass palette, it's perfectly clean. There's nothing, no residue whatsoever.
0: Because that's the thing, too. Say if you're using, well, if you're using any paint and you need to get the paint off, you have to use one of those little scraper doodads. Yeah, And that always, that will get stuck in a lacquer that will cause a bunch of little yeah. riffs and then paint will get through that. With glass, you don't have that problem so much.
1: Well, you have a very good point here from C. Control who says the wood palette goes with your beret. Oh! It's a fashion statement. <laughs> <laughs> it's people who really want to show off that they're an artist, correct? <laughs> this is great. All right, let's take a look at the next item, which is hue paint. So for example, if you have a color that's called lizard crimson, they're oftentimes a lizard crimson hue, cadmium red hue. So tell us what is the difference between straight cadmium red versus cadmium red hue?
0: So you may go to the hues first because you'll notice that they are priced much, much, much lower than the real paint and that is because the hue is an approximation of pigments that sort of look like that color but they don't act like that color and they also tend to be filled with a crapload of filler tons and tons of filler and so what happens is when you use them you end up wasting a lot of paint and your paintings look crappy because they they just become very dull very quickly because of how much paint and how much or how many different pigments and how much filler is within it. Now there's some ways that you can get around, like there's some colors that you have to use a hue for because there's, there is such thing as extinct colors as extinct pigments, which I think is so cool. You can go, (laughs) but, uh, (laughs) I'm talking about your general cadmium hues, uh, yeah rose matter hue those kinds of things the ones you usually see in the art store no go no go it'll make your paintings look dull
1: well neil brings up a good point aren't the hue paints generally less costly than the straight pure colors
0: it yes yes and this is again if you can afford it if you can afford it get the ones that aren't hues. I absolutely empathize and have been that person that can only afford hue paints. And so just be aware that there are certain colors that you'll have a lot harder time with simply because they are hues. And there are colors that you can use that are not hue to sort of get around this. So if you're using cadmium red, you could say use a naphthol red, which looks a little bit similar, but uh, is not as difficult to mix.
1: Well, we do have some good points here about health hazards. Anna Catbutt says, I have kidney failure, have to stay away from any kind of heavy metals like cadmium. And Jane also says, not interested in having heavy metals in my house. So I prefer the hues. I'm also not selling my work yet. So not really a big deal. So of course... You're in a certain situation, and yeah. that is not really viable to never use the hue paints. But what I tend to do is I'll just have maybe one color that I really care about yeah. that I will not buy as hue. Like, you just told me to buy Golden's Cadmium Red, and it's so good. It's so
0: yummy. Oh, my God. Yeah. I love it. So it's there are some colors where it really, really, really does make a difference. But you, yeah, there are, I would say instead of going to hues, again, because they are so full of the different type, like so many different colors to make that mixture, look for a color that is similar, but is made up of only say one or two pigments in the mixture, because that's going to keep from when you're mixing your own colors, it's going to keep it, keep your colors from getting dull a lot of the newer colors a lot of the I'm going to call them like the chemical colors like Thalo and all of that those and dioxazine those ones are not heavy metals uh, but they are only made of like one or two pigments and those are going to do a lot better I'm sorry there's a cat pawing at my door and I have to let him out Otherwise, experience.
1: did you oh hear my- that
0: goodness i'm so so sorry it's tor he's such a jerk i didn't even know he was (laughs) in here i thought i closed him out he was under the bed
1: all right well we have a question here from kaleidoscope who's asking are Hue paints safer than the alternative i guess i would reason that because there's less of the pure pigment and metal that technically they would be a little bit safer i don't know
0: Yes, they, they are safer. They are safer in that they don't have that heavy metal in it. There are things that you can also do to protect yourself while you are using, say, yeah. not safe paints. They don't have to be scary. Gloves are the best thing that you can do. Yeah. That chemical, you're not going to have any reaction with that chemical as long as you're wearing gloves and not getting it on your skin. You're not going to breathe it in unless you're sanding it, which don't don't sand no. your paints. <laughs> okay.
1: Okay. Why do they sell these? This is the dumbest thing. Can you imagine how long it would take to put your brushes and every single one of these stupid sleeves? And then you can make sure the sleeve is the right size for the brush. I, I will
0: never understand this. <laughs> I keep thinking of, of, I keep doing devil's advocate with these kinds of things, being like, oh, someone must use this. Someone must have a good use for this. And I keep thinking, oh, people that paint outside that need to transport their paints. But honestly, I see more people use a toolbox that they keep all their paintbrushes in or some kind of organizer like that. These, yeah, yeah, like that. This is, these organizers, yeah, I've-, I've Yogurt container. Had- I've had um ideals that I would have a nice pretty um pretty set of paints and paintbrushes but no it's impractical it just takes too long
1: I mean if I'm painting okay and let's say I have a lot of brushes and i clean them what what am i going to sit here and go oh yeah it goes in here it does not fit let me take it out and find the right slot oh wait and then like the canvas organizer is super stupid because isn't it going to get super gross
0: after all oh while? yeah it's going to get covered in paint after the first time especially if you're using oils
1: Ugh, yeah why would you want to do that because my brushes are never clean they always have crap on them and i just feel like this is just so silly i mean maybe they're helpful but I just stuff my brushes into my bag and I get you know that's all I need I don't need this thing
0: (laughs) I do have a brush organizer but it's one of those plastic ones that you see in stores that holds all the brushes because I have a ton of brushes and I need to at least be able to see them by type but this doesn't really help you The, the each slot thing is really annoying
1: it's super dumb. See, this is what I do. This is my technique too. Oopsie, my watercolor travel set. I throw the crap in a bag and go. Exactly. <laughs> that's yeah. all you really need. And <laughs> Calm Cuke says they always manage to bend the bristles of my brushes, even when they're the perfect size for the organizer. Yeah, that's yeah,
0: amazing. that's the thing that happens too. I I can't get around this. Every time I travel with my paints, and I brought them here up to New Hampshire, actually, uh, which is where I am right now, um, they they always get bent. I, I just keep them in a bag and i try to make enough room for them but they always get bent i if anybody's got tips on that i would love that
1: thank you so much J. king we so much appreciate it. i don't thank know you. i just feel like this is for people who want to look pretty while they paint mm-hmm.
0: and really why <laughs> i got That's- enough problems i'm gonna make a painting there's got to be someone very particular that is very clean, probably uses those mechanical erasers that we talked about last stream. Yeah, yeah. Very precise, that really gets a lot out of this and more power to you. Please teach us your ways. Yes.
1: All right, Lauren, <laughs> I got a beef okay. to pick with you.
0: <laughs> We're going to. I thought this was a pretty not. What's the word? Controversial. Yeah, yeah. Controversial pick. Like, I didn't think anybody loved fan brushes. We always joke about them in my classes at school. I know one person who uses a fan brush. Yeah, I've tried using fan brushes. I do have fan brushes. I do not see a use for them that other brushes couldn't do. And I know that you have a painting. I know you have paintings where you've used fan brushes, but I look at those marks and I say, I could have used a hundred different brushes to do this. But why they're... do you need a 100 brushes? You got the fan brush. <laughs> I mean, That's all I. Think, you need. Like, you look like a, a maid using a feather duster using one of those. Like, what are you saying? This looks like a Swiffer or something? Yeah, it
1: looks like a Swiffer. <laughs> well, I don't care what I look like when I paint. I'm not concerned about aesthetics because I'm a real painter. Oh,
0: <laughs> <get> fire.
1: <laughs> Come on, these are so useful when you're trying to just do, like, the most delicate light touch. Like, I'm not going to do that with this bristle brush. Like, this bristle brush here, it's, like, super heavy-handed
0: and... no no the bristle brush keeps you from getting too precious about things i feel like getting a fan brush just immediately relegates you into detail world and then not yes yes come on i missed
1: it on my orangutan painting i know for
0: for those wispy hairs which you could have done with one mark with any other brush yikes yeah yeah (laughs) maldives baby says i bought a fan brush and never used it that is how i feel i tried to use it once and then it was no no it's so floppy too they're usually so floppy
1: yeah but that's why they're good because you want it to be just so delicate maybe you're just too brash of a painter or something
0: (laughs) you can't (laughs) appreciate the delicacy of a fan brush I love that there's there a fan club. That exactly. That's a good one. A fan club, fan brush club. Big fan.
1: <laughs> see, towel uses them for abstract painting. And let's see. Lourdes says, never use a fan brush in my life. I don't even think I know how. Well, just try it. it it's very helpful. It, it You know, maybe you're just writing it I'm off. You're making assumptions. Wrong.
0: I'm just doing it wrong. Well, I just I, I'm just an idiot around sand brushes. I guess. Exactly.
1: <laughs> okay. These should never be made ever. This makes me angry because yeah. these don't function. And I'm sure some people have some purpose for them, but come on. They're so stiff. Like see this palette knife, this metal one. Look, yeah. you see this boing. Mm-hmm. Like you're not going to get that. With a plastic palette knife.
0: You can also use the metal ones forever and ever and ever and ever. They never... I've had my same one since the beginning, since I was 16, I think. I bought
1: this one when I was in art school in the 90s.
0: Yeah, so they last forever. This is another case here where it's just, why are you doing this to the environment, getting these plastic? I mean, we use acrylics and lots of other things that are not very... Um, sustainable, but you can at least get rid of the plastic knives. It's like no more plastic straws, no more plastic food knives either. What
1: are you benefiting from here? You have something that doesn't even behave like the tool it's trying to be, and they're just super flimsy. And with a palette knife, one of the things that I find very important is be able to really put pressure on it Without worrying that your stupid tool is going to break, which these totally can in a second.
0: Yeah, they just uh, too brittle, too brittle, I think. They also stain. And I really I'm one of those people that loves having a perfectly clean palette knife. I love wiping it off at the end. And these get stained with certain colors, which like Thalo, like the Thalos, which I do not like.
1: Well, they're also too thick. Have you noticed this? They're always way thicker than the metal ones. The metal ones are nice and thin, which gives you a lot more flexibility. So maybe somebody was like, oh, I'll make this because it'll be the cheaper option. And I'm like, No, this is like really, really bad. Like if I was given this, I'd be like, oh, my God, I hate palette knives. I never want to use one.
0: Yeah, I mean, and it's sad because usually they are purchased for students learn it in bulk classes, learning how to paint for the first time. That's certainly why I would use them. But it's a bad introduction to using palette knives.
1: Cheap canvas boards. I hate these too.
0: I I hate them so much. They're
1: the worst. (laughs) Who (laughs) likes these? Because they are really inexpensive. So in a pinch, sometimes I'd be teaching at RISD and, oh, you forgot to get a canvas. So you run to the store and you Mm -hmm. buy one. But
0: other than that,
1: these are the worst.
0: They're good practice. But also if you're going to practice, one thing that we did... In school was work on either sheets of cardboard or MDF, which is cheaper, ultimately cheaper than the cheap canvas boards and teaches you how to gesso and things. And these boards, you can't ever make anything that's going to to last on that. First of all, wait, okay, so they're canvas but you're going to need a frame for them because there's no way to put them on your wall or anything. And they're too no. thick a lot of the time to stick in a regular frame. So it's just they're again, there's this in-between thing that I don't know why they have to exist. And they also have cheap cardboard on the back of them. So they're also not going to last very long over time either.
1: Also, they always warp I feel like yes. I've never had a canvas board that didn't warp. It's like, why are you guys creating a surface for a wet material made of something that doesn't stay? Like, that's, to me, the most annoying thing about any painting surface. If it's warped or if it's crooked, like, that is such a problem.
0: Yeah, yeah, another thing that happens to me is when I was first learning how to oil paint on them, the oil transfers onto the back side. It always starts at the corners and goes around. And then again, you have that weird, gross, oily surface that is just ruined forever. Oh yeah. And oh my God, Amanda is saying that the gesso is awful. It's true. Yeah. It's so bad. It's so bad. No, I mean for even just like prepared canvases in general, they always have that kind of gross surface to them. It's always better to gesso over the surf, like gesso with your own gesso on top of it, several layers before going in on those because it's always bad.
1: All right. I'm sorry if you guys like this, but I feel like there's so many options at a hardware store that cost a fraction of this and do the job 10 times better.
0: Wait, Tell us in the chat. Me. I oh. use this. You do? Oh my gosh. Really? I,
1: I feel like this is so useless.
0: <laughs> I'm not really an oil painter. It was said it cleans brushes. So I got it.
1: Tell us in the chat. What do you use to clean your brushes? Oh, I my. always use that Gojo orange pumice stuff. It's so good.
0: We have a mutiny here, Clara. Oh yikes! Yikes! This is gonna be everybody's mad. Everybody's <laughs> mad.
1: Come on, the Gojo soap is so so good. It's so much better. That this stuff is just—it's a so weak. <laughs>
0: i've i've not had any issues with this i mean i do know the whole you can use vegetable oil you can yeah there's hardware store stuff but this i have it just makes me feel professional
1: (laughs) is it because it's called the
0: masters so you feel like it's got got nice branding on it and it works (laughs) fine i don't have problems with it it is expensive though see Doug
1: says, I've used the same cake of Masters for more than 20 years. Works great for me. Acrylic paint on Kolinsky's sable brushes. Keep your pumice away from me. (laughs) Well, there was another cleaner I liked a lot. It was called DNL Hand Cleaner. And to me, it's like any industrial cleaner is just really awesome and powerful. And like, I don't need this dinky little brush cleaner.
0: (laughs) I feel like... Yeah, I don't want to have enough experience with this because I usually use acrylics and water and that does fine. I've used the same brushes again since I was at RISD and they're crappy brushes. They're from Michael's. So not having issues cleaning things, but I feel like using that industrial stuff is going to tear things apart with all those little bits in it.
1: Amanda doesn't think so. Ha! (laughs) (laughs) All right. What's wrong with student grade gesso? Itself? This
0: is me being a snob. This is me being a snob. I, I'm a snob too here. I, I realize gesso is another thing that gets very expensive very quickly, and sometimes you can't get around student grade gesso. But if you have the money ever to upgrade to professional gesso, be that through Blick or Liquitex or uh, What's it? Arts Advantage, not Arts Advantage, the Utrecht okay. brand. I don't remember it. I actually really like the Utrecht ba- brand, and it's fairly cheap for artist gray gesso, but it's so much better. The student gray gesso, it tends to be really watered down. So if you can use a lot of it to get a good coating, it also gets really plastic, plastic and that will soak up your paint and make it less luminous. I used to think, oh, you know, that's just, people are snobby, whatever, I'm just going to use this forever, but it did make a huge difference in my action on the canvas, my ability to go back into things, and the brightness of my paintings when I moved over to uh, artist grade gesso. So
1: I actually used this Fredericks gesso once. I'm not kidding, it came out like cottage cheese, and I was like, what is this? And I had another student grade gesso I used in art school that was so thin and just pathetic. Yeah. Like, what is this? Like, it doesn't even feel like gesso. And so, well, yes, it costs more to buy the professional one. But if you know you're going to not care that much about the surface, it's like, just buy a cheap pre-stretched canvas. You don't have to gesso it.
0: Right, right. And this is this is actually a way to save money, too, is if you get... The, pre, the pre-Gesso canvases, either uh, either pre-stretched or that just pre-Gesso roll, and then you only need to put, say, two coats of Gesso on rather than four. I actually really like that method. Or maybe you put your crappy Gesso on the bottom and then put your nice Gesso on top. That could also work too. I, I totally empathize with all of the, I've used all of these methods for cutting costs, What happens, though, with the student grade gesso is that over time, you end up spending just as much on gesso using the student grade gesso as you would just getting one thing of the artist grade gesso, because you have to use so much student grade gesso to get a good surface, one that ends up mattering to you.
1: I think at the very least, let's say you do two layers of professional gesso, I think student grade is at least four layers, if not more, to achieve remotely the same coverage. And it's also, it doesn't feel good under my brush. So yes, we're not fans. (laughs) (laughs) So when I taught at RISD, I always had this design project where I'd have them work in gouache. So we do these complementary color charts. And I understand gouache is not cheap, especially the professional grade. That's really, really good. And I would say, listen, you don't need a big set. Just get the primaries and get white. And so you're just getting four tubes and that. But inevitably, there's always somebody who wants more colors or somebody who wants to save money. And so they buy the Reeves gouache. This is the crappiest gouache on the planet. It it shouldn't even be marked gouache. It should be marked like, this is what gouache is like when it sucks.
0: (laughs) wait this is i like this uh comment from anna cat but reeves tricked me with their sleek design yeah it would have tricked me too i was gonna say clara this looks so nice and modern though
1: it's (laughs) so drippy I'm like, how dare you call yourself gouache? That This is just a crime against humanity that this is called gouache. It's
0: not okay. I think this might be the gouache that I used when I was learning gouache and why I never used gouache again.
1: You see? And, and so there's just thousands of artists out there thinking I'm going to learn gouache and they use the crappy and they're like, oh my God, never again. And so this company has not done much for the state of gouache in today's life.
0: Is there is there a gouache that you recommend that is affordable but not terrible?
1: I always tend to like the Winsor Newton Designer Gouache and again as Doug says up here, don't get the set, just get the colors you want. You know? And yes, they cost a bit per thing. Although I think they do have a set that's like five colors or something, mm-hmm. but it's like I would just rather never paint. Than paint with roux wash. <laughs> I would just <laughs> stop painting. <laughs> all right, what, what's up with this? Plastic tacks yeah. are super helpful.
0: That's that's a weird one, right? Well, yeah. This, I, I I discovered. Okay, first of all, I don't know if any of you have experienced this before, but my plastic tacks, the heads of them, always break off, and then I'm left with a not very useful tack that just has the neck, and nothing can, <laughs> and it's hard to. To pull in and out can't really hard to maneuver so what you could get instead there are two different types of tacks that are great one is metal tacks i love those are good
1: i like those i love Mm
0: -hmm. them they will never longer yeah they're longer they'll never break they're sturdier you can hang heavier paintings on them that's the thing that i I do a bad thing where i use tacks instead of nails on dubious uh dubiously sized paintings Uh, and then there's another type of tack that I think was sold on Blick, either that or it might have even been at Staples, that was um, kind of like a soft plasticky type, rubbery type almost. Mm. It was easier on my fingers because, as you know, when you have to put in 20 of these, it's horrible. You got blood blisters on your fingers. So, uh, no. Check out the the soft tacks. They're they're out there.
1: I hate disposable palettes. I hate them so much. Okay, I hate them on multiple levels. Okay, they they just don't compare to a gloss palette in their ways. you using them all the time. But <laughs> the other really stupid thing is you can go to any grocery store and buy freezer paper. Oh yeah, and it's this giant roll of the exact same thing for a quarter of the price. And so I get it. Sometimes a disposable palette is a little bit more convenient for one reason or another. You don't have a glass palette. Fine. Just go to the grocery store. Don't buy this at the art store. It's such a ripoff.
0: I've got a confession. What? I've got about 100 of these palette well, papers. <laughs> Yeah. I thought, I thought that you used the continent
1: cup. I what do, but you? since
0: I also paint and oil part of the time now my glass palette is small. Sometimes if I need a supplementary if I'm working on more palettes than is the size of my glass palette, I will yeah, use it to spread my palette out. And oh my gosh. I forgot that you could use freezer paper. So thank you. But, 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 freezer paper doesn't come in gray color. I love the disposable. That's true. Paper that's gray color. It's really helpful.
1: That's true. I've, I hate disposable palettes. They're so flimsy. And it's like you press your palette knife and like the paper's going up and down. <laughs> and most of these are white. I don't see the gray ones. All
0: oh, the I time, only get the
1: gray ones. But the white of the palette drives me crazy because you can't really see how the colors are behaving that's the reasoning behind yeah. a gray palette everybody so that way you can see that better but these just bother me and then the other stupid thing is the ones that have a hole in them for your
0: phone. I know. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's Why? like combining all the bad things it's like it's so the, <laughs> there's no, a meme no. of an Ugg boot with Internet Explorer pattern and Nicolas Cage coming out of the top of it. it all of the worst things that can possibly exist together. And that's how I, I feel it. about those palettes with the hole in them using the bad paper.
1: Okay, please explain to me why anybody would pay $800 for a brush.
0: I, I need to know. I mean, Please. Okay.
1: If somebody here can give me a believable reason for spending your money like this, I will, I don't know. Maybe I'll dance. Do you, do you think
0: like Philip Guston or Jeff Koons or someone has the $800 brush? I, I just think it's, how, how could $800 possibly be
1: important to making a brush? I don't, I, I would rather take a flight to France than by the stupid brush. I mean, can it really be that great?
0: This reminds me a lot of when I was a swimmer, a competitive swimmer, and I was a somewhat good competitive swimmer. Like, I was serious about swimming, but I wasn't, like, a good, really, really good swimmer. And they would sell at some of these meets what they would call, say, like, racing suits or paper suits that were made out of material that was supposed to be faster than skin, and so serious swimmers have to wear serious suits that would shave all the time. But really, if you're not, you first of all, you have to be that level where that even makes sense to do. And I right, think right. The majority of us in the world, this is the equivalent in brushes. The majority of us in the world are not good enough for this brush. Shorty says it's something good. illegal must have gone into that brush
1: maybe it's got hairs from a two billion year old primitive something in it yeah
0: (laughs) it's just for looking not for using can you imagine the pressure of using that brush of getting any what if you lost (laughs) it it's not that big i i would just what if what if the hairs on it did that thing where they spider out like what what if the brush bent what if you took it out and it you need one of those you need one of those brush holders one of the, the, the brush it, organizers it's it.
1: nice nice little yeah. pillow and you know give it give it the spa treatment or something. but yeah. so even brushes that are hundred dollars I think are sort of absurd because honestly if I had expensive brushes I feel like I'd be scared to use them.
0: I again have the same brushes from Michael's for three dollars the three dollar set that I've had since being in college and they're still working and they're still great so uh, I I don't know anything about brush quality maybe there's someone who does but the cheap ones hold up pretty well
1: well, W315 is saying probably dead rare rodents. And we have some other theories here. For example, King of the Fall says unicorn. Yes. Well, okay, M- maybe okay wall. for that. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, we've got one workshop left for June. That is this Saturday. It is drawing gestural portraits and primates. And so there is still a few spots left. You still have time to register for this. Go to the homepage of artprof.org. Please join Lauren and I. We will be in the Discord doing a stage session, which is your opportunity to speak to us on voice. So we hope you can join us there in the post live streams stage channel. Prof has services. We have artist calls, personal art curriculum, statement editing, portfolio critiques. Join our Patreon group. We have so much fun in there. It's like a 24-7 art party. We have staff who show up for weekly art sessions, voice sessions, where you can share your work and you get lots of support and critiques from me in the Patreon group, which I do not provide in the public channels. Most of all, though, support in a small group of artists. Our Discord server is so gigantic. I think it's over 11,000 members, so it's very easy to get lost. But in this group, people really get to know each other. Thank you to our top Patreon supporters. You are all incredible for being here with us and helping us keep art education free and accessible to everybody visit artprof.org. There is so much content on there that is not on YouTube. Plus, I will be sad that all the work I put into the website doesn't get looked at. So use the search bar on the website to find what you're looking for. ArtProf has a podcast. It's available on Spotify and also on iTunes. And subscribe to our channel for more tutorials, critiques, and business tips. Everybody, thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next time. Bye.